All right, hey guys, this is Tea Time with the Big Dogs. I'm Big Dog Ethan. And I'm Big Dog Jay. And we are coming at you, and we're recording this on, I forget the day. Today's the 18th. The 18th, yeah. Sorry, days are trying to, I don't know, uh, days are trying to like uh, blend <laughs> together now because uh, we're on break. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So how have you been, Jay? I've been pretty well. I mean, um, I've woke up, I was pretty upset because... Um, I, I deleted Twitter and Instagram last night because I oh. wanted to just stay away from whatever spoilers there were for the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, that's but, right. I did see that tweet. Yeah, yeah, but this morning I actually checked out um, the score that it had on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And then you sent me that. Uh, oh, that, yeah. yeah. You sent me that uh, yeah, Snapchat where you were telling me about. Uh, you, you were saying, do you want to see some reviews of it? And I was like, ah, I don't want to see any more, but you know what? I might as well just get back onto yeah. uh, Twitter, get back onto Instagram. And yeah, cause like what, what's really the point anymore? I was really upset with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, especially, I don't want to spoil the whole thing for you, but at least want to send you scores at least. Cause I think, uh, cause I, I don't want anything to be spoiled for me either, but I do like to at least see the, the scores, I think. Me too. Uh, me too. I really yeah. like to see scores also. Yeah. Cause I mean, you gotta keep in mind, I mean, critic Critical opinion is a lot different than um, than like the opinions of like a fan base, you know. That's um, true too. Because like I mean, I was, I was comparing like a Last Jedi scores with you, uh, so I compared the Metacritic score of Last Jedi with the Metacritic score of The Rise of Skywalker, at least the current one. Yeah. And they are very different. It's like eighty five is uh, the Last Jedi, and oh sorry, maybe we should have to spoil uh, put in a spoiler alert, maybe light spoiler alert, just about uh, the overall quality of the movie. Um, so Last Jedi got an 85 on Metacritic and The Rise of Skywalker got an average of 54 among uh, uh, professional critics. Yeah. Um, and here's a little breaking news about The Rise of Skywalker right now is that it's currently almost on its way, depending on one more good review, to be a fresh tomato. It's at 59% right now on Rotten Tomatoes. 59%. Wow. That's yeah. that's insane. I didn't think... Normally, I, I wouldn't yeah, think of this Star morning Wars. when I first checked, it was like... 54 percent yes what is that's why i found a metacritic too well you know what's also wild is that there was another star wars movie um revenge of the sith which made it made a very very long run from originally being like a 70 percent on rotten tomatoes and not certified fresh to just a few months ago becoming 80% in certified fresh. Wow. That's... Yeah, it made a it made a long run because that's... of just just because of how the prequels have made it back into the media due to yeah. like meme culture and Disney due Plus. To, due to Disney Plus, yeah, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And honestly like yeah, you know, I I've heard some people complain about, you know, Revenge of the Sith, but I've but I've not I, I honestly like Revenge of the Sith. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, the dialogue, yeah, okay. I mean, the dialogue's bad. Yeah. They they sit around in these bad environments a lots of times. Yeah. Plenty of times when it's the big action scenes, like, the environments don't look all that bad when they're heavily mm. CG'd, but when it's just the environments that they're sitting in, it's like, you're just sitting. Why do we need to make this whole entire set just a CG Yeah, like a green set. screen yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. The one, I, I will say, the one thing... I felt like it was actually handled okay, I thought. I, I still thought it was an interesting story to tell. Maybe it was just because, like, the story that he was telling. But I like the whole Darth Plagueis scene. Oh, me I, too, me whenever too. Whenever he was, like, telling, like, I think it was just... Um, Ian... I was I was watching that the other day. Yeah. Because, as I told you before, I, I was watching that until my friend, who was a little bit zooted, picked me up. Mm. And um, 
when I was watching it, I'm, I'm so used to the memes being just like talking about the tragedy of Darth Plagueis because mm -hmm. there, there's always the memes just about that. But yeah, um, yeah, I was actually watching that scene and the way it ends too is really great. Yeah, like, I, the whole thing I thought was really good. The acting in particular from Ian McDermott because he's yeah. just such a good actor. Man. He really is, and it was just his Yeah, I mean, it was just like the way that he told that story was yeah. chilling almost. Even though, like, I mean, yes, obviously, I don't think it was like the best written, but yeah. it was still pretty chilling. And, and I will say too, I've not seen this in a long time. It's been at least a few years since I've last seen it, so I may be remembering it wrong. But from what I remember, it was a pretty chilling uh story that he told there mm -hmm. um and i think just like the the character arc of anakin throughout that episode i thought was very powerful i thought i mean yes obviously the whole thing with all the scenes between him and padme were just ugh, but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i, I do like I just wish that there were more factors that built him into becoming coming to the dark side. But yeah, the Clone Wars TV series handles a little bit better. Uh huh. Where and and so does a lot more expanded universe stuff where mm. Anakin doesn't like X Y Z within the dogma mm. of the Jedi Order, and Anakin also wishes. Well, I, I guess one thing that is really uh, put in the prequels and in the um clone wars series is how much anakin wants a very strong executive who can do almost whatever he wants gotcha so so he really lobbies for palpatine and then he also becomes a very close friends with the chancellor too gotcha gotcha so okay. yeah there's there's all of that but what's really stressed for like anakin's sway to like mm. his eventual fate as darth darth vader is uh just palpatine is just padme dying and yeah. i think that alone sort of felt like it was a little bit too um because I, I you would have thought that he would have looked for more outcomes like more things that he can do to try to save padme other yeah. than just looking to the dark side yeah yeah i get what you're talking about yeah i don't know and again i may i may need to just rewatch these just just like be a little bit more informed and all that but because um, I haven't seen, it's been a long time since I've seen the prequel movies. I, I yeah. was kind of, I think it was a period where I just kind of like ignored their existence. Oh, sure. I, I mean, everybody yeah. went through that uh, phase, but I, I then sort of got into them mm. sort of as an ironic thing. And then I rewatched some of them and I was like, hey, there's there's these cute moments in The Phantom yeah. Menace. It doesn't really make much sense as a story, but hey, it's like cute. It's It can be the cute Star Wars movie. Exactly. Yeah. With the know. cool guy named Darth Maul. Exactly. Yeah, there, there's some, there, there are moments throughout the prequel trilogy, but it's not. Um... And then Attack of the Clones. I tried to watch that, and I was like, "Ugh, what is this?" Yeah, exactly. Attack but, of the Clones. Yeah, was... I, I can't stand Attack of the Clones. I, but... yeah, I, I guess I'll have to. I guess I'll have to suffer through that at some. Yeah. Some point. I, I am. So I'm gonna get a Disney Plus subscription here soon because uh, I want to watch the Mandalorian, of course, and um, yeah. I also would like to go through all the Star Wars movies again before I, um, before we go see, uh, uh, before I go see the Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, yeah. Next week, which I th yeah, I guess it's oh, it comes out in two days. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I, just, I thought it would come out till next week for some reason. I mean, I'm not seeing it till next week because I'm not seeing it till the 23rd. Oh wow! So I'm not seeing it till Monday, but um, crap. Okay, I can touch some of my friend with uh, the yeah. friends I'm going to go see with. I gotta make plans with them. Shit, <laughs> I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I I don't know why it just dawned on me that yeah, it's Friday, it's December 20th. Oh, That's, man. I yeah. mean, I, I really hate the fact that a lot of the reviews that I read mm. are just the things that I did not want to see. 
one that it doesn't have a very good conclusion and the mm. other thing is that it plays it too safe yeah and which... those are what i those are the things that i just feel we all just saw too much in the out of out of the force awakens yeah out of everything jj abrams has done as far as star trek and star wars both go yeah and i will say i mean i think we should have expected this because i think there's a lot of complaints that, that people that they got for the last jedi but mm. i honestly i i watched the last jedi and yes um and maybe it didn't make this opinion very clear but like yes there the whole thing on canto bite was uh, kind of eh i guess it wasn't it wasn't as awful rewatching it now. I, I feel I didn't. I think I was maybe making more of a big deal than uh, I, I feel like I was over exaggerating how bad it was, even though it obviously just thematically didn't make any sense. But I still felt intrigued to watch it just because I think the mm -hmm. the, the character arc of of um, Ray and Kylo Ren was so intriguing and interesting. Yeah, and, I, I think one yeah. big problem with it is just your pacing. Yeah, your your pacing is a big problem but there was one point that was made to me the other day which i thought was a beautiful point which is how luke was like how luke sacrificed himself at the end yeah literally nobody died and i was yeah. like that 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 is exactly what a jedi should do yeah exactly and i thought that was sort of a beautiful way for him to go out but yeah other than that there's a bunch of things that just weren't handled well and since Cant canto bite was something that was woven in there so firmly and since mm. I really didn't like the character of Captain Phasma and lots of those other characters, I just couldn't really, just didn't really care about in the way Hux was treated. Yeah. Everything was treated so quippy as, yeah. as a joke. Yeah, Hux was only, yeah, I will say that. Yeah, Hux was almost kind of a, like, though I will say, maybe. Your mom was, jokes. Like, why, why do we need your mom jokes yeah, in Star Wars? Yeah, that is a fair point. So I think maybe, I mean, one could make the argument, you know, especially in, in day and age where neo-Nazis are, are kind of a, or I feel like I'm like suddenly like jumping onto like a very dark topic now, but um, I think in a day and age where like whenever we're dealing with the issue of neo Nazis, I, I think uh, since Hux is almost like this Nazi, um, this Nazi parody, I, I think in some ways and maybe it's that's that's what they're trying to do. I think is maybe portray Nazism as almost a joke because neo Nazis. Yeah, I wouldn't really think of it as a Nazi parody. I would think of mm -hmm. it more just as like symbolism. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's which fair. which I mean. You can always just have the dramatic downfall of him at the very end. Yeah, but even the, I don't know. I because yeah. in the Force Awakens he was he was powerful. Like to yeah. think think about like he was the one he communicated with Snoke while Kylo was out, and he mm -hmm. like he basically carried Kylo out from his doom. Like wasn't yeah. the, wasn't the plan at all just gonna collapse Starkiller Base? All just gonna collapse on Kylo? Yeah, he, he got bested by Rey, but but yeah, that's yeah. a good point though. I guess yeah, he was almost treated as a joke. Oh, no. And I mean, he's the one giving yeah. this huge speech. He's the one giving the order for Starkiller Base to go uh, destroy yeah. all these planets. So, I mean, you have him, who's basically your Grand Moff Tarkin, but talks a lot more to the public. Yeah. And you have Kylo Ren, who is basically uh, Darth Vader wannabe. Yeah. And you, you kind of put them you kind of put them in flip-flop roles. To, that, that's what I was really thinking. You're going to get out coming out of the Force Awakens, which made me so excited for the Rise of Skywalkers. Mm. I thought that you're going to have Hux, who is going to be yeah. in like a Grand Moff Tarkin role, but a lot stronger, and was going to prevail throughout the trilogy. It was like, what if Grand Moff Tarkin lives? And yeah, well, what that's an interesting point you made there with um, with um, comparing General Hux to Grand Moff Tarkin and uh, Kylo Ren being this Darth Vader wannabe. What if General Hux is a Grand Moff Tarkin? wannabe 
Yeah, I mean, that's, maybe that's, that's a good point. That's why he's just yelling so much. Like, he's he's desperately trying to uh, grasp for control, for the control that uh, Tarkin kind of has, I guess. Um, yeah. I think Tarkin, he carries he carries um, a commanding presence with him. Right. Like, a very general-like commanding presence. Hux, I but never... He's very cold and calculated. Exactly. Hux, I don't get that sense from him. I get him as a sense yeah. he is so desperate for order. Since he's, like, so desperate to gain control he can never have it if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense um and i think that's i think maybe that's why he was portrayed almost as like a comically stupid character in episode eight because i I think that was it was somewhat downplayed in the force awakens so i think i I think ryan johnson wanted to play off that in episode eight Hmm. but i may be wrong about that again um yeah yeah i i definitely I, i like the argument that you're making it's definitely not the uh, path that I would have taken, though. Yeah, I can definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. Um, well, we're both sipping on the same tea. Yeah, exactly. What is this? It's Dar- Darjeeling, I think is what it's called. Same tea Gandhi yeah. drink, as we talked about before. <laughs> Gandhi, yeah. Our, uh, our old... Uh, theology. The, our theology teacher, uh, um, oh, what was his name? Uh, I, I'm blanking on him Father now. Sheridan. Father Sheridan, yikes. Yikes, sorry, I got... I got I got uh, I got knocked off on a train of thought here. One of the um, I was chatting. <laughs> I'll keep the person anonymous. But I was chatting with a person, and uh, and she was like, "Oh, you, th- you know, it's so cute how you know you like keep referring back to your high school days, like the old high school days on your podcast." And I go, <laughs> <laughs> "I was like, yeah, I guess." So whenever I said like our old high school theology teacher, I was like. Okay, yeah, maybe she's got a point there. Maybe we're we're maybe we're acting yeah. as if it's too far. Hey, but I mean that that's where we met each other. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. It already feels somewhat far in the past, to be honest. It, it does. Yeah, I don't it, know. it does because it's just such a drastic change. We were put yeah. into this life of order and bureaucracy, yeah. and um, that's just all we really had to deal with back in high school. Yeah. Was this uh, as we talked about earlier today? Just like the assembly line of doom. We took the exact same classes. Day after day after day yeah. after day with no break, with yeah. with teachers planning an hour and thirty minutes worth of work a day, but yeah. we only had forty five minutes to do it. To do so it, yeah. they give us the rest of it to do as homework, and it's yeah. like whoa. Because you had the same class every day. Like yes, it was nice that you like had that. You had that structure, I guess. You had mm-hmm. that uh, that repeated. Um, I knew exactly what was going to happen yeah. every single day. But it's kind of like I mean, it's kind of like what happened with you remember that squ- the Squidville episode of SpongeBob, where it's like you know he he does oh, like the same yeah. thing every day, and, and then after that he just like goes ham with the with the reef blower. Yeah, and he just goes nuts because like he he's like just being lulled into this uh, I don't know like this pattern of into this daily pattern that's yeah. kind of starting to bore him. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I, I think that I think that whole montage of him like doing the same thing every day just perfectly describes the experience that Slew is like. Whenever you first go there, it's like, yeah, like every day is like so exciting or whatever. But then it's like by sophomore year, you're kind of like you're kind of like squittered by the end of that montage where it's just like you have a Friday face every day and you're just like, you know, grabbing grabbing that canned bread every day and just playing uh <laughs> playing with your uh, your flute ensemble uh, or your clarinets ensemble every day you yeah know? Um, yeah you know i i had a different sort of experience with slew because i came in and i just sort of felt like i was walking into the end almost not not like yeah. in a bad way but i thought i was just kind of like walking off into the sunset because my grade school experience was so bad that mm. I just kind of let that carry over into my high school experience for my freshman mm. year. 
Gotcha. So freshman year was pretty rough, and I also didn't like the way that Dr. Moran handled some things, I guess. Yeah. But then sophomore year, I sort of got more the hang mm. of it. And then by the time junior year came along, I was I was ready. And I was, I was like, um, I, I knew what I had to do. And I knew the work I had to get done day after day after day. And yeah. I started to feel teachers, once you hit junior year, start to give you a lot more respect. Yeah. And by the time senior year comes around, you have significant larger amounts of respect than you yeah. did as a freshman Absolutely. that makes you just that that makes you feel more welcome yeah i get what you're talking about too and honestly i mean for me i think it happened like halfway through sophomore through sophomore year i think because i you know i um um i at least started to notice this like halfway through sophomore year so i you know i took oral communicate or um oral interpretation with mrs whitaker and um what i love about that class and miss Miss Whitaker gave that respect you were talking about. Miss Whitaker gave the sophomores that kind of respect that a lot wow. of teachers did junior and senior year. Um, you know, I, I, I think I may have mentioned this in my story. You know, I, I, I whenever I was writing that paper about that girl, um, you know, I got to read it um, for that oral interp class, and that is something I can't think of another that another teacher would let me do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think Miss Whitaker has respect for all the work that even sophomores do, that she's willing to to take up class time to listen to listen to them talk. Which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh yeah, that, I think I think it was after taking that class, I I, I think my because <laughs> it's kind of funny, my, my journey through SLU, um yeah, my journey through the SLU department, um the first the first year I was there, I was kind of the goofball of that of that um that department because uh, I had so much trouble focusing. Um, you uh, said during the SLU department. Do you mean like the theater department? Oh, did I say? Yeah, sorry, the theater department. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I had so much trouble focusing during rehearsal. I would, I would constantly like, sometimes even derail rehearsals just because like I would make some kind of like offhand. Not like when I say offhand, I don't mean like like insulting or like inappropriate. It would just be something that was like off topic that would just throw off the, the focus of the entire rehearsal. Like there was one day I was, uh, I was standing, uh, we, we were standing on stage just like about a week before tech week, right? And so we're, we're, we're just like cleaning up our show or whatever, sure. right? Yeah. And so, um, so for those who like haven't been to a slew theater, who haven't been like at a slew theater rehearsal or at, at just like a professional rehearsal, What's nice about SLU uh, rehearsals are that Miss Whitaker runs them like a professional rehearsal. She expects all of her students to be in character on stage. A lot of high schools, they will not do that. They, you know, it for them, it's just social hour for them, right? Mm. Um, mixed. I mean, you kind of know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's like whenever you're not on stage, you're just kind of like chatting with people off stage, like doing homework or whatever. Whenever you have rehearsal at SLU, yeah. you are, the idea is that you should be in character. Now, what I will say is that uh, some students, uh, there are a decent amount of students who don't do that, but that's a different story. Because, um, you know, I mean, they're kids. It's, it's hard to get everyone to be on the same page for that. Sure. Um, but the the expectation is that um, whenever you're at rehearsal, you are in character. And and so there's this one, there was this one moment, uh, that was a ramble. Uh, <laughs> there was one moment during uh, Elephant's Graveyard rehearsal. We're cleaning, we're, we're, we're cleaning up our blocking. We're just going through the show and making sure everything is all the blocking feel nice and clean and uh miss wicker uh miss wicker stops us and she comes on stage and she she gives us a couple of notes about the scene that we're doing and of course i'm i'm not paying attention at all because i i'm having i i have focus issues and i really it wasn't until i started doing that show that i really became aware of it 
Um, so I'm like zoning out whenever she's giving all these notes. Mm. And all I can think of is, man, it's really cold in this theater. And then oh. suddenly I remember that I left my, my sweatshirt in, uh, in fine arts survey. And so I just suddenly raised my hand as Miss Whitaker's walking off stage um, uh, to, uh, to, start the, uh, to, to start the show up again. I go, Mrs. Whitaker, Mrs. Whitaker, which I was not calling her by her rehearsal name, which was Mabel. I go, Mabel. yeah, I was like, Mrs. Whitaker, Mrs. Whitaker. And she just turns around and gives, gives me the dirty. She's like, he didn't even call me by my care. Oh boy. And she looks at me and she goes, what is it, Lou, my character name? <laughs> and I go, oh, right, Mabel. Uh, um, I left my sweatshirt in fine arts survey and uh, I can't, I, I, I would, did, did you happen to find it anywhere? And as I'm saying this, I got two, I got two actors right behind me who are going, Ethan, shut up, Ethan, shut up. You're derailed, Ethan, shut up. Oh. <laughs> They're just muttering it under their breath. And it's just like, 30 seconds of awkward silence because I literally just like, it was like a big no for me to be doing that, right? Like, mm. I just like totally thrown off the focus of rehearsal. And so Miss Whitaker just kind of looks around at everyone, like everyone's just like exasperated by my, uh, by my embarrassing, uh, I don't know, by my stupid comment or whatever. And finally she just says, well, while we're at it, Ethan, would, or Lou, would you like to talk about what we're having for dinner tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so that was pretty embarrassing. I, after I walked off stage, uh, one of the actors uh, came up to me and he's like, okay, listen, uh, Lou, you, you, you got to go, go, go talk to Mabel after rehearsal. That was really not good. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that does speak about something when it comes to like theater culture. Because I know that there are definitely different moments where you just have to make sure that you're a droid, you know what you're doing exactly in that moment. But theater culture is a bit of a different animal. Yeah. Where, um, and especially the theater that you had at SLU, like you guys were wound tight isn't the right word. but Not wound tight, but I think there was... You guys were polished. Polished, exactly. Yeah, I think we're polished, and that I think just comes from Miss uh, Miss Whitaker's discipline. I think um, she's uh, uh, she really knows how to encourage students to um, to really think about what they're saying on stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, it's gonna be kind of an awkward transition because I feel like we're um, we're kind of rambling. We weren't even planning on talking about that. No. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, I guess while we're I guess while we're talking about the subject of slew, I guess. Um, we kind of wanted to talk about just like terrible moments of like bureaucracy, bureaucracy. just sort of yeah <laughs> so bureaucracy is supposed to be when you have like a collectivized governing agency of or uh unit that's supposed to mm. be trying to come together to make your life easier but a lot mm. of times when you have bureaucracy you have a high level of of incompetence and out of touchness yeah and the out-of-touchness and the incompetence are things that we really want to dabble yeah. on. So, yeah, so yeah, so, so to back off. this up, yeah, originally I think we had planned to like just be like, hey, Jay, hey, Ethan, how was your week? And I was going to be like, oh, man, my, week, my week's been a shitty week because I lost my wallet. Um, but I guess that didn't go over as planned, so oh well. Um, so yeah, so I had a bit of a tough week um, last week. Not because of finals. I actually did okay on finals. Got straight A's. Good job. Um, yeah, thanks. How would you do in finals? Did I you... did pretty well in finals. I'm still awaiting a couple of grades. Though. So waiting a couple of grades? Okay, that's good. Um, but anyways, so I am... Um, so my finals were mostly over. I had one final left. 
And then I go to Chick-fil-A with a friend, and I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm wearing these sweatpants. And you know whenever you wear sweatpants, stuff falls out of your pockets easily, especially whenever you're sitting like this or whatever. You know, stuff falls out of your pockets easily. And my wallet fell out of my pocket. And um, I didn't notice it until like two hours later until I got back to my dorm. So I started panicking. I like went back to my, uh, I went back to the, the Garrison Cafe where I ate, couldn't find it there. I lost my wallet. Um, police officers couldn't find it. They, yeah, no one could find it. So of course, to replace all this stuff, you gotta, as a Mr. or, or English teacher, Mr. Hassan would say, uh, whenever he had to, uh, whenever he had to send in uh, class attendance, uh, he would always say, "I have to satisfy the bureaucracy," and uh, so that's what I had to do. I had to get all my stuff replaced. So, um, uh, so I, it was so funny because dealing with the DMV, they were actually pretty easy. I just walked in there, they gave me a replacement, a replacement license, and I was good to go you know but dealing but um so dealing with all the wallet stuff was actually pretty easy but the other crappy thing that happened to me happened to me that same day that i lost my wallet was my left earbud on my samsung galaxy earbuds uh, like the sound like it was like a lot more quiet i don't know if you had that happen on your earbuds or not yeah yeah not on a pair of portable earbuds though or yeah. not, not, not portable but uh wireless wireless yeah exactly so so that happened to I've me i've never owned a pair of wireless but yeah go yeah ahead. yeah exactly well yeah wireless are actually they're not as bad as i thought they would be though they still have and there are some issues that i have with them that's another story um so anyways so left earbuds like basically gone out so i, I i've had these for like four months i think so i i call up samsung tech support and this guy <laughs> um he's like okay i just need to see a proof of purchase so i can like send you your replacement buds and i'm like okay yeah sure so I go on Amazon. We ordered these with like all my college shopping stuff that I got. So there's like a long receipt, like five pages long or something like that. So I send it to him and he goes, can you like shrink this down to like one page? Cause like I can, I, 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 I can't, I can only attach one, um, one image or like one file onto this, uh, onto this, uh, onto like our, you know, the report that at the file. And I'm like, Really, you can only attach one file. Okay, that's whatever, fine, okay. So what I do is I shrink the font on it, so like, you know, it, it just, I can fit it on the, all in the one page, I shrink the font on it. And yes, it is small, but if you zoom in on it, you can clearly read, it says, Galaxy Buds, but, you know, purchase for XYZ amount of money on this day. And I send it to the guy, and he just says, oh no, yeah, the, the font's too small. Uh, you're gonna need to contact uh, Amazon, see if they can get you a, um, get you a, <laughs> A what was it? A um, a more concise receipt. So I call up Amazon. And I'm like, hey Amazon, can you like give me this concise receipt? And they're like, yeah, no, we can't do that. And I'm like, Ugh. so <laughs> so then I like I go back into like the PDF files and I, I like took out a couple of pages, I guess. And the guy said that that was fine. So finally, after like two hours of being on customer support with these people, I finally I was able to send my earbuds in to get them uh, to get a replacement pair, but. Um, so that was my dealing with the bureaucracy this past week. And yeah. let me tell you, it's not fun. The bureaucracy is, it's out to get you. Even though they say that they're for, that they're here for you, they're out to get you. Yeah, I, that's definitely one <laughs> moment of, or like one uh, example of bureaucracy being um, like a division of labor and being just hard and impersonal, impersonal mm. because of how just like large the entity is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the like, you have a bunch of like, you're not the only person calling Amazon right then and there. 
yeah there's the only, like yeah there's there's a ton of people and a ton of things that people have to deal with and yeah there's just such a long line of command yeah and, and well it, it's funny it's yeah. good that you mentioned that too because what i will say is like i do not envy these people to do that job like that is yeah. that's be the most i mean we're talking about you know like having like you know boring days at slur or whatever like these people, like, they must have the most mind-numbing job of all time. You know yeah, I mean? like, they have to be on the phone with these people who are angry because their product isn't working. Exactly. And they have to go through, well, this is what I can do for you. This is what I can't do for you. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I can't do this for you. No, I'm sorry. I can't do this for you because yeah. this is our policy. Are you serious? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It, it, remember this. If you think you're having a real shitty day, someone at customer support is having an even shittier day, I promise you. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, Anyways, yeah. So uh, that that was my doing with the with with the bureaucracy uh, this week. Um, uh, that also just kind of inspired us to start talking about this sort of stuff because um, it got it got me thinking about a lot of other dealings with bureaucracy, especially at SLU. Oop, I kicked my laptop. Um, especially at SLU. Oh, yeah, I don't we're know. We're sitting on the ground, guys. Yeah, we're sitting on the ground. I don't know if we mentioned this. Uh, we are. Uh, um, we're sitting in my basement at my house. I think this is the first time we recorded an episode yeah, here. First time we recorded an episode. Yeah, here. yeah. Since we're both on winter break, um, we were hoping to record some kind of episode uh, last week, but the guy who was going to come on uh, had to cancel. Uh, sadly, hopefully he'll come on another time though. Yeah, and I think we might be just recording another episode in a couple of days oh yeah with uh peter yeah that one uh yeah we'll see how that one goes yeah that um hopefully we, uh, we can upload that one uh in the in in the near future but um anyways i feel like we're jumping all over the place but i think that's totally fine because yeah, it's sure tease our next podcast why not yeah exactly tease our <laughs> next podcast i mean a bunch of different podcasts sort of throw out um advertisements after they talk about one topic so yeah okay. exactly yeah so advertise ourselves yeah exactly and if Frankly, I mean, we're not like sponsored or anything, so I feel like we don't have to like do deal with any like advertisements or yeah. sponsorships or anything like that. So I feel like we can indulge in advertising once uh, uh, every now and then, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Jay, what was your um, um, so I'm interested? I think you said you had a story about uh, dealing with bureaucracy too that you wanted to talk about. Sure. So um, I guess the first, like, this was one moment when it came to dealing with my car that really. Um, just caught my attention and brought to light how like stupid all this was mm. is the idea of like license plate tags and um mm. just how like the government makes you have to like get these stickers put them on your license plate and mm. then that means like your license your plates have been renewed yeah and the police have the ability to pull you over if that sticker is not on there. Mm -hmm. um, so what happened to me is I've gotten my st sticker stolen three different times, and really three times, three different times. So Damn. I've had yeah, so I've had to um, yeah, I've had to get four different stickers because of that. Mm. Um, and yeah, it 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 really sucked. Like the first time, I didn't even know why I was pulled over because I didn't know this was a thing. My dad got this got the license plate renewed for me in the first place. Mm. So um, I got pulled over um, and the police officer asked me, like, is there any reasons why my plates aren't renewed? And I was I was scared. Like, mm. I've never been pulled over by a police officer before. Um, you know me. I'm pretty, like, I'm, I'm a little bit radical as it goes. So yeah. I, I, um, I try to expose the police. I try to... Mm. Um, just sort of uh, see the bad in like an over, um, like an over militarized police state. So yeah. I see all I'm exposed to these videos all the time of 
police yeah. officer shooting civilians for just like misunderstandings yeah. um and and i'm always so afraid that something like that will happen to me so i'm pulled mm. over i'm put in this very vulnerable position because of that mm. and um then like she runs my plates and she finds out that it has been renewed and mm. i'm late for a uh i'm, I'm late for like a uh, a meeting with my dad at his office mm -hmm. because of this so it took time out of my day it takes time out of her day and yeah. like most importantly to me is like like this is what this is what like we're spending taxpayer money on exactly too. yeah i yeah and that what's awful about it too is like i don't think police officers want to pull over people like i think they're very understanding of people being human but it is their job to do that um i think so i worked at a um i worked at a banquet one time for magianos that was at or not magianos that's the next job that i'm taking but mm. for my old work and um I worked a banquet and it was actually at Slough High. Oh, believe okay. it or not. Yeah, it was it was oh. pretty crazy. It was in the Psy Commons and it was a uh, police officer's banquet. Oh, really? That's yeah, but it was really weird because um, it was a lot of a lot of officers were just being commended for like how many arrests they were getting and stuff like that. That's and for for like what how much action they were taking and what they were all doing to bring down perps. And oh. and I, I just then sort of also had another revelation which was thinking about how officers might frame people to put yeah. themselves ahead and then after mm. a couple months after that a video came out of an officer um putting drugs mm. inside people's cars yeah you talk yeah, yeah yeah you told me about that and that's and that's the thing too you know that's really that's really that's a really bad mentality to be looking at uh the criminal justice system i think you shouldn't be looking at as Oh, like this dude, like he he got like five arrests, like that's like that's really awesome, you know. I don't, yeah. I that's a really bad way of looking at it, because then like that's how you like look at Batman. It's like what? The... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, it's bat like Batman. Yeah, like <laughs> like no, granted, I don't want to say what. Here's why I don't I don't want to make it seem like I don't think like police officers are, are heroes. I think there are a lot of good officers out there. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I and I think it's a very so. small minority of bad officers. It's just the fact that they the look fact at that we have yeah. this system where we put them in power yeah. and almost anybody can go through these courses and yeah. get that sort of power and yeah. they've been protected so much. Yeah. It's almost as if like they're, they're looking at arrests as like some kind of like stats on like a baseball card or something yeah. like that. And I, I are just so weird. Yeah. It, it's just such a very simplified way of looking at things. Cause honestly, I like, yes, I guess it's good that they're like catching criminals, I guess, but at the same time it's like, but, I mean, these are people that you're putting in jail. Like, you're profiting off people doing terrible things. Yeah. So, I don't know if that is that something to is that something that you should be celebrating or not. You know, because if you if you celebrate that, then you incentivize officers to go make more arrests, and that may also incentivize them to do shady things to um, to make those arrests, like you know, putting in fake drugs or whatever, um, or planting fake drugs um, into crime scenes. Yeah. Um, but anyways. I feel like we're touching a very, very uh, controversial topic. There. Sure, and I mean, last little point on this too is that there there were some officers there who were talked about, and they they did do some absolutely heroic things too. Yeah, exactly. So, and so yeah, I'll just we can just sort of leave leave that topic there. Maybe I mean, I'd say oh, our phone's ringing now. Um, yeah, and you know, I don't want to say 
you know, don't want to say like, oh, police officers are bad. And we're not trying to say that, obviously. I think the, I think a lot of police officers are heroes. But um, we also need to be aware, too, that I think there are some attitudes being held within police departments that uh, may encourage them to, um, that may encourage police officers to behave um, inappropriately. Right. And there's more vetting that needs to be done. Yeah, there's, um, exactly. There, there's more punishment that needs to be done to officers who mm. act out and just do things that are transgressions against the people who they're supposed to be protecting. Exactly. Yeah. And I get you. And honestly, I mean, I've had, yeah, I've only, I've only had one dealing with a police officer cause I was uh, going 54 and a 40 and uh, I was, it was funny, Mr. Wainer. Um, I don't know if you remember Mr. Wainer, he gave us like that advice. Oh of, yeah. What to do if a yeah, police officer I ever followed, pulls you over. Yeah. I followed those. I, fo- I followed it too. Yeah. And he, and I, I got off with a warning, which yeah. was, uh, now what I will say too, is that you follow those instructions. Um, it's not a total guarantee, of course, yeah. but it does. It's a nice little thing to at least communicate to the police officer. Hey, I respect your authority. I know I was doing something wrong. Um, yeah, and you want to be sure the officer feels safe because you never know. You know, an officer. Right. Knows. I mean, officers right, are trained. The officer. to, yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Uh, for those who don't know what those steps are, um, it's pretty simple. So whenever you, whenever the lights go on behind you, you find a safe spot to pull over. Use your blinker. Um, then you uh, uh, be sure that you're plenty visible. So take off your hat. If it's dark outside, turn on the light inside your car. Um, Didn't you tell us to like always turn on our dome light no matter what? Yeah, turn on your dome light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn on the light inside the car or whatever. Um, yeah, the dome light. And uh, and then once you're done doing that, take the keys out, put them on the dashboard. That communicates to the officer that you're not going anywhere else. And uh, then put both hands on the steering wheel whenever he comes up to you. Uh, roll Here down. Here she. Here she. Oh, thank you, Jay, for, uh, I was assuming that, uh, that this, uh, imaginary police officer's gender. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I, I mean, the only yeah. officer who ever pulled me over for that particular instance too, yeah. was, was actually a woman too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually probably, I joke about that, but I probably should not be assuming that, that that's on me. Um, so anyways, yeah. So then you, whenever a police officer asks you to, uh, um, to get your license and registration, Ask the officer, can I take my hands off the steering wheel before doing so? So it, it's, it, 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 it sounds very bureaucratic, but it does yeah. make the officer feel a little bit more safe knowing that you're fully aware that, um, it lets him know that you are aware that he feels a little bit yeah. on edge. Or yeah, he I or mean, she feels a little yeah. bit on edge. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's a system that you maybe don't really want to have to play into. Yeah. It's a system that you might be like, why do we even have to do this? This seems like I'm being very submissive, but hey, it's it's better it's better to play into it since it's yeah. the reality you have to deal with. Yeah, it's not, I don't even really think it's like playing into a system. I think it's showing someone respect, like being aware of someone else's feelings of being a feeling uh, in danger or on edge, I think. Right, right? I, yeah, yeah, I, I, mm. I definitely agree with that. i just mm. say that maybe I have a, uh, may, maybe it's sort of my problem with the fact that people get pulled over for speeding. Yeah, exactly. Because I can say there's a lot more things that people do dangerous on the road than just speeding. That exactly, yeah, them. yeah. Like I've seen, like, the, you know, those jackasses who, uh, who <laughs> it's funny, my, my brother called it, <laughs> my brother called it the Maryland, or was it the Baltimore lane change because he used to live in Baltimore for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. And he, he has told me that Baltimore drivers are the worst. So <laughs> he calls it the Baltimore lane change. Your exit's coming up. It's like 10 feet away. You're in the furthest left lane, so you just cut across everyone mm. to get there. I love that. Yeah. I love that he calls it that, too. Uh, to, me, to me, I think what's super dangerous are people who are special on, like, roads that are 
uh, 40 to 50 miles per hour, yeah. you come to basically a complete stop to make a right-hand turn. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because they, I mean, that, yeah, that can, they can be like a, a pretty big obstruction of, uh, of the flow of traffic. I right, think. it can, yeah. yeah, and then some people might not be able to react in time yeah. and exactly up, yeah yeah and here's the thing like you know I, i've heard some people say like oh like stopping is like the most safe thing to do not in every situation yeah, if you situation, yeah because yeah. here's the deal like, you also need to be aware that there may obviously obviously it's not good that someone might not be paying it's not good that someone might not be paying attention but you gotta be aware that there are some people who may not be paying attention or who may just be going a little bit too fast right. or, or whatever maybe their brakes aren't doing too well right like there's the stretch of the high there's the stretch of mccausland between manchester and when you hit the high point when it turns into skinker yeah and when you're driving that it's it's super dangerous like, yeah like um it's such a bumpy road it's mm. super hilly there's a lot of very odd turns in it yeah. and if you if you would people stop on that road to make a left-hand turn all the time mm. um which i mean they just have to they have to yeah but, but... yeah a lots of times that's a catalyst for a bunch of accidents that happen yeah which which is super unfortunate because these people are just trying to make their left turn but because of the fact that they're stopped on just such a mm. such a crappy road they're they're blocking i mean yeah i mean they're blocking yeah. traffic and it's hard for people to stop there um and yeah that that's why it's like it's not safe to stop every time because like i mean you're not it's not <laughs> like if like imagine if you were on a train track or something like that mm -hmm. and you were just driving along a train track and you stopped you're not you're not safe at all because there could be a train coming behind <laughs> you and it's not going to stop behind you. Yeah. So yeah, I mean you're not yeah stopping is not uh, obviously you're not going to be driving on a train track of course. Yeah. But my point is is that you know some things uh, you know you need to be prepared for the instance in which a car cannot stop. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, yeah, let's we're, we're rambling. Let's jump into your second um, experience with bad oh, bureaucracy. Oh bureaucracy. Yes, yeah, so this is this is slew bureaucracy and. I'm not even too sure if this is really like bureaucracy or just like um, just bad administration. I guess administration kind of falls under bureaucracy, I guess. But um, so whenever I was a senior, I, I say again, I'm saying that saying this as if it was a long time ago. But whenever I was a senior there, um, probably about a year, yeah, just about a year ago. Um, I don't know if everyone remembers. Um, there was a um, there was a revived uh, concern about um, the sex abuse, um, uh, about the, the, the issue with sex abuse um, in, in the clergy, in the Catholic Church, because mm -hmm. they released that, uh, that long list of priests who have been, um, been found guilty, uh, who have been uh, redeemed to be guilty of, um, of uh, abusing, uh, sexually abusing little kids. Yeah. Um, and then we also had the issue with, um, there was that, that cardinal, or I think it was, a, was it a bishop or a cardinal in Washington, D.C. I forgot his name already. But um, there was also that issue, too, where they had found like this, uh, that this archbishop in Washington, D.C. had been abusing a lot of little kids, too. Yeah. So there was a, there was a revived concern about, about, the, uh, about sex abuse within the clergy in uh, the Catholic Church. And uh, at the time, I was ahead, I was ahead of the film club uh, my senior year. And I felt it would be a really good idea because, um, because for one, like we have a really good journalism, uh, we have like really good folks on journalism there because we have our prep news paper. It's like one of the few high schools that releases a weekly newspaper um, every Friday, um, so we we have like a lot of interest in journalism there. And since there was also this concern about um, about about this issue, I thought it'd be a good I thought it'd be a good point to show the movie Spotlight yeah. for for the film club. 
Yeah, I remember you talking to me about this. You've talked to me about this a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it, it's a it's an issue that just baffles me um, uh, to this day. So I wanted to show this movie, right? And yeah. I, I go to my um I, I go to our what's it, my faculty advisor, and he tells me, oh yeah, um, I mean this yeah this, I love this idea, but you may want to run this by who was the, the principal there. Yeah, he still is the principal there. Um, you may want to run this by just because, you know, just want to be sure that he's okay with it and, like, there aren't any issues with it. I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So I send the email to and he's like, oh, okay, well, um, um, you know, we're actually, like, we formed, like, a, um, like a, it, I don't know what it was, it's like, like a council of both students and faculty members um, that were going to negotiate, that were going to chat about how they're going to address the issue. So he, and so he, he put me on this council or whatever, um, just because like I wanted to show this film, which uh, just because I wanted to show this film, and so I, I come to the meeting, and uh, says, so yes, so I've uh, I've watched the movie, and um, and it's it's a great movie, it's an excellent movie, but I do fear that uh, there are some messages that kids may take out of context uh, that I'm not sure we want to be uh, spreading. Uh, to uh, the kids here at Slew High. And I'm just looking at them, I go, what the fuck is there to take out of context? Yeah. There are priests, <laughs> there are priests who are abusing little kids, mm -hmm. and you're saying that there's something to take out of context about that. Yeah. What, what can you take out of context about that? And I, and I myself have watched the movie. What I respect about the movie is that um, and this is coming from a person who is who was uh, who was raised Catholic, still is Catholic. Um, this is coming from a person. What I love about the movie is that it's not a total condemnation of the Catholic faith in and of itself. It is a condemnation of the actions that those priests did um, towards those little kids. Uh, the, the The movie actually looks at how at how the issue affects the reporters. Who, who are also Catholic too, like how it affects them. Like some of them were talking about, yeah, like I still go to church, but it's like, it's real, it's real tough for me to go to church nowadays because I, I can't stop thinking about that now, right? And that is such a powerful message to be sending to anyone, but especially people of the Catholic faith. So what is there to take out of context about that movie? Especially because that's why you want to show it to people in the school so you can make sure that they don't, that they somehow don't take stuff out of context right to me that also um i, I understand like I, i'm not saying i like his rationale but i understand his fear like i understand like yeah he, he doesn't he doesn't want people to feel uncomfortable yeah and he also probably has like a certain small level of pride with this too where he's like i don't want the catholic church i don't want this i don't want to look bad yeah um, exactly and, but to me yeah. i almost feel like this is almost it, it's it's almost good pr to show it it's almost good yeah it public shows relationship it shows show that you're not afraid yeah. to inform your yeah, kids it, that and it it also shows that like you're um like disconnected from this because you want to condemn the bad actions and you want to yeah. do that publicly you want to do it mm -hmm. like hard you're going like all the way in to do it because this is just your club too. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is the thing I just want to do for my club. And like that, that's the whole thing too. Is that I honestly, I didn't think it was going to be that. I, I think what he was part of the issue was I think he thought I wanted to show this to like the whole school or something like that. I just want to show this for film club. Like this would have been something that maybe it would have shown to like maybe uh, 10 to 15 people at the most. Yeah. Um, I wonder, 
I wonder if you like could have gotten away with not telling Father Gibbons and just being like, "Hey, I'm Mr. Kickham." You know what? I honestly, yeah, I probably could have because honestly, we got we got away with showing like a lot of R-rated stuff. That um, yeah, I mean, like what you should Blade Runner twenty forty. Yeah, well, we people... did. It was funny. We did ID for that. Um, or we we asked so for par- yeah we did ID or like asked for signatures for that but like after that was the only reason we did that was because Mr. Kickham had not seen the movie and he wasn't too he just wanted it was just something to do on the to be on the safe side he watched it and he just said yeah really I don't I don't think we really should have asked to ask for signatures on that like it really was not that bad of a movie and he was right I think I even yeah I mean there's like a, there's like a like sexual parts in it yeah but, like, but it, it serves to that, tell a story yeah, yeah and exactly. it, it wasn't it, it wasn't and, and to build the world too exactly like yeah yeah exactly which i love which i think that like, I, I, it's 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 so creepy and awesome and i yeah. love it and i'd hate to live in it but i love to view it from it is such a beautifully shot movie i think oh, the, the, yeah it's like, such an immersive movie and I we yeah, Marine, Jay and I may just need to rewatch that after we're done recording this. Um, but yeah, Blade Runner, um, that was... Uh, Always down for some Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling stuff. Yeah, I wonder what he's doing. I know he did... So he did um, First Man last year. I don't know what he's doing now, though. Did you on, see First Man? Yeah, I went to go see it. Yeah, it was a good yeah, movie. Good movie. I think, yeah, I liked it, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I feel like we're jumping all over the place again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's part of Tea Time with the Big Dogs. We exactly, yeah. but... Part, hey, yeah, yeah, I guess... Um, I guess I'll tell a quick little tidbit. Like, this one's going to be a lot quicker, but yeah. I'm not really sure if I consider this bureaucracy or as much just a scheme yeah. that the city government at least does, which is your street cleaning. Mm-hmm. So there's street cleaning. You'll see these signs up that say, no parking here from noon to three on this particular day mm-hmm. of this particular week within the month. And um, what happens is that the there's just a street cleaner that comes down it cleans that side of the street now what happens if you leave your car there you get ticketed mm. your ticket is going to be in a range of 10 to 15 dollars <laughs> i mean that's not a that's not a lot of money yeah. but for these streets that like you're that there's like this action street cleaning is supposed to be something that like they do for you mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be almost like a nice thing you know because these are your streets because your tax dollars pay for them yeah, yeah. this is something nice we're going to do for you but no we didn't consent we did not consent to your street being cleaned it didn't need to be cleaned in the first place that you're doing this anyway yeah you're making me pay 15 dollars for it yeah it's nuts honestly like even thinking like like honestly i think the best way to solve this is just put up like cones or something like that just like a little bit in advance just say like hey, like, we're going to be doing street cleaning here soon, so that way, like, you know, at least people, like, know that, like, you should yeah. be parking here for a little bit. But, yeah, th- I think the idea of, like, waiting to, like, just let people park there and then just ticket them for doing so just seems a little bit... Um, it seems like you're more, more focused on trying to ticket people rather yeah. than actually clean the streets. Which, which is what I kind of was maybe thinking about as uh, we were sort of talking. Um, I was sort of debating, is this really bureaucracy? Or, like, where you're like, hey, we want people to move their cars, and then the ticket is sort of more incentive to do it. Yeah. Or is it just a scheme where it's like, hey, let's hope that people park yeah. there so we can pull yeah. an extra $15 out of them? Yeah, honestly, I think it's a bureaucratic scheme. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's a bureaucratic scheme, man. Yeah, I think that's, and honestly, I think that's, I think that's how a lot of people like to, I think that's, I think that's, uh, I think that's why whenever bureaucracy, like, feels like, 
like uh, overpowerful or yeah. burdening or whatever, it's usually because someone is trying to profit off it. Yeah. Like I, I mean, if you even think like Catch Twenty Two, I mean. Oh yeah. Think about Catch Twenty Two. I, I mean, mean the military industrial complex as a, as a whole, but yeah, I mean Catch Twenty Two. Yeah, but I mean, you think about Catch Twenty Two. I mean, the whole reason that that policy exists is just to keep their soldiers in the war. Yeah. That's literally it. Like, uh, like it's, it's, it, they're just trying to find a way to profit off you. That book changed my life. It, it really yeah. did. I, I think that was, that was such a, man, that was such a great, uh, great book. Honestly, I don't even think we would be talking about this, about yeah, bureaucracy. If it weren't for Catch 20, if it weren't for Catch 22, which if, it, if you guys are too uh, lazy to, uh, to read the big, which it is a big book. And honestly, I wouldn't even read it outside of an English class. Like, I think you need, like, P, I think you need to, like, Read it at least with other people to discuss it. I think. Yeah, uh, start a book club. Join yeah, start a book, book club. club. Yeah, tea time. Uh, uh, tea time with the what the the, the big readers. <laughs> the big dog yeah, readers. The big dog readers. Yeah. The and, big uh, dog reading glasses. Yeah, uh, sip on some tea to uh, and uh, discuss uh, yeah. discuss uh, lovely works of literature. Actually, I am. Uh, I'm going to try and read some more. Um, right now, I'm playing a lot of video games over the break. I I just started. Uh, I'm playing through so. Uh, well, maybe we'll save discussion for another podcast because I know Jay, you said you want to play through Bioshock again, yeah. or play through the first Bioshock, then replay Bioshock Infinite. Um, but um, I'm re- so I just finished replaying Bioshock, and I started replaying Bioshock Infinite. Um, both wonderful games, and that's uh, Jay's phone that just went off there. Um, both wonderful games. Um, I skipped Bioshock Two uh, for other reasons, which I think we can get into that in a, in a later episode whenever we talk about Bioshock. But I've been replaying those games, and I think uh, once I'm done doing that, I may, uh, um, uh, I think I may actually, uh, I started reading Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Um, so I'm, um, I started reading that a long time ago. So I think I'm going to finish that up, and then uh, I actually asked for, um, asked for a couple of books for Christmas. I asked for uh, Truth and Comedy. It's written by Del Close. It's like a big, it's like like a really important. It was like one of the most important books just about improv comedy. That I really wanted to read because I'm starting, you know, I'm starting this improv troupe at Henderson now. Um, I figure that'd be an important thing to uh, uh, to read, and then I'm also getting a it's a collection of short stories by the writer of BoJack Horseman. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's called uh, "Someone Who Will Love You in All Your Damaged Glory." It looks interesting. I really, I'm really interested in reading that. Um, I, I wonder if uh, oh no, that's right because they stopped doing that class there at SLU. Yeah, um, yeah, but that would be, I wish I, I wish that book was out so I could have read that for our uh, collection of uh, short hey, stories. Another good class. example of bureaucracy. They wanted the little capstone. They wanted their uh, they, they wanted their little baby to be something super silly and important and hey, I mean, yeah. we, we lost we lost these options that students yeah. had due to like wanting some greater uniformity. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean actually I will say the move does make more sense. I just wonder I do wonder if it's actually gonna if it's gonna if it's gonna uh, I mean yeah we have to well. wait we have to wait for feedback from the students yeah is exactly it class or is it not a good class yeah exactly oh you know what makes me uh, you know what i just remembered the seniors are probably going off on senior project next uh next oh, month yeah. i totally forgot about that man I yeah think... and i mean tomorrow's tomorrow's probably their no because of the day off they probably have uh exams on friday now oh yeah that's yeah. a good point yeah yeah, yeah. So probably friday's their last day for exams yeah. well if there are any slew guys on monday yeah if there are any slew guys who are listening uh good uh, by the time we get by the time we get this episode episode uploaded, you may, uh, your episode or your uh, your finals may already be over. But um, especially the slew seniors out there, have fun in your senior project. It, it can be uh, it's always an enlightening uh, uh, the the project's always an enlightening experience for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I think on that note, we are. Let me put on my glasses here. We are at 
55 minutes and 22 seconds. So I think it'd be a good place to stop, I think. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, Without you listening to us bark and babble on on these microphones, uh, there'd be no point in us doing this podcast. Um, If you have any suggestions of any topics you'd like us to talk about, uh, please let us know. I'm stumbling a lot today. Um, Yeah. Uh, So if you have any suggestions or uh, topics you want to talk about, please let us know. If you want to be a guest on the show, please, please let us know as well. Got to get my mouth around those words, as Ms. Whitaker would always say. Um, Yeah, I think think that's it. Hopefully we'll be back with another episode here real soon. We're going to... Try to do a lot of episodes over the break um, while we're here together. Maybe do some. We'll, hope, we'll hopefully have some more guests on. I think yeah. we're here in town. It just makes it a lot easier to to get oh, together yeah. with people. Um, so, anyways, on that note, I'm Big Dog Ethan, and I'm Big Dog Jay, and we are signing out. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Oh. Hey. Come on, stop recording. What is this thing doing? <laughs>